After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're going to have a fun show today. We're going to have our friend Alistair Weaver back on from Edmunds.com. We're going to talk about all new F-150 and uh, get into that before we get started. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's a 15% discount on top of the money Geico already saves you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed? Nah, that's never going to happen. But you know saving money can. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg, and we're welcoming our good friend Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com back uh, onto the show. Oh, how are you guys? How are you, Bill? Good, man. Uh, feels like Groundhog Day again <laughs> with the uh, virus showing its ugly head, rearing its ugly head again. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 on you and know. it's off and it's on and it's off, it seems like. Uh, Alistair, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, pretty much the same. Kind of, kind of ready for it all to be over and get on life a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm okay. I mean, podcasts are all about being positive, so I'm good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Before we get started, a shout out to our friends at Dodge. It's time for Dodge Power Dollars. And that means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off your purchase of on a Dodge Charger, Challenger, and Durango. So come in for Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. Of course, F-150 was a big debut. We want to get into that and uh, uh, and some other some other things as well. Um, I thought the uh, debut of F-150 was, was very interesting. I thought the truck looks good. Not a huge departure in design because the design has been pretty successful for them so far. Uh, it had some pretty cool features, but um, uh, before we get into that, uh, quick update. I, I went to uh, my friend Dave's house and uh, picked up the BMW M3. Uh, you guys know the story of all the issues, the ups and downs of that thing, getting it tuned and and getting it cool. Uh, Dave did such a good job. He's completely – he's just so meticulous on everything he, he does on that thing. So um, it it runs fantastic. There doesn't seem to be any cooling issues at all. Uh, new fans and just all the work he did on it uh, between all the proper wiring, by the way. He went through on, on the ECU and just redid the mess wiring, uh, fixed everything up. Um, we put uh, a fan controllers on the fan, so it's not just a hard on or off. It's progressive. It kicks on at about 60% when you need it and then ramps up, which also helps eliminate that that shock on the system it doesn't go from zero to whatever full 
you know, like if you, you may have an amp and uh, a, a fan, it may pull, I don't know, 30 amps. But if, when it first fires on, it could spike to, you know, 40 or more. Right. So this soft touch version uh, is is much better. Um, and and the idea that it's a progressive switch and it ramps up the fans when you need it. Um, it's uh, it's less wear and tear on the motors for the fan. So it's definitely something that uh, in the in the world of engine cooling, I think more of the manufacturers are moving in this direction. But these components are available in the aftermarket, and I would recommend them to anybody doing anything on a, on a hot rod. If you're starting to add horsepower and improve the oh cooling, oh my god, it, yes! Like these 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 uh, uh, these uh, PWMs, I think some people call them as a pulse width module. Uh, that uh, slowly ramps up the cooling fans. It's a, it's a game changer. Uh, and, of course, there's the AC um, bypass. When you turn on the air, the fans come on. But anyway, thing runs great. It's fast as hell. Uh, I forgot that we put the new clutch in it, the ACT clutch, and uh, and it's so much better. It's not killing my knee. It's not killing my leg. Um, but, I, the, but the question of the hour is: This week on the podcast, are you going to buy? Are you going to keep it? Or are you going to sell it? I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. It's got it's got twenty five thousand miles on it. Uh, you know, I. I, I'll, I'll put a few miles on. I just want to, you know, uh, have a little bit of fun with it. But why don't I, you enjoy it for a little while after all of the painstaking work that's been done, instead of just dumping it? I mean, enjoy yeah, it for a little bit. But you just don't want to break it again before some. You know, well, before you get rid of it, right? So part of it I is enjoy it, man. Part of it is this: is is the M3s are doing pretty well, and they're doing pretty well, like on bring a trailer and stuff. And this car is very cool all the mods and stuff that are on it and i i feel like it's right at that point of if i put ten thousand more miles on it i'm gonna take a hit in value and if i don't put it on there um i can enjoy it for a little bit i can sell it have somebody else enjoy it and uh and kind of do what they want for it and then i because i'm really liking the gt500 and and I do like the new Mach One, and I don't need another car. <laughs> but but that's, the endless loop continues. But that's kind of what we do here, right? So, yeah. uh, Matt, do you want to do you want to borrow our GT five hundred? Uh, I just drove one. Wait, is yours? Yes, I'm just going to say yes. Yeah, shut up and say yes. Yeah, I listen. Anybody that says you want to drive a GT500, I go. I've driven three of them, and yes, I want to drive it. So, uh, I I had a conversation with the dealer. They tried to explain the markup to me, and uh, I I tried not to boil my blood and have my head pop off the top of my body because you know how I feel about dealer markups. So, um, that what are they said, quoting, Matt? Twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand over over sticker. It seems to be a a, a, a a nice number that all these manufacturers. I, and and I don't know why. And I'm sure you can negotiate it a bit. And I don't. I still want to get into the whole markup thing. It's going to get me irritated. And as Alistair pointed up, podcasts are for fun, not for but being pissed. <laughs> so if you get the carbon pack and all the goodies, yeah. basically that's a hundred and twenty five k Mustang. It's you know I I I think I priced it out at about one hundred five and. And, and with the twenty five on, but then twenty five on top, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it would have been, yeah, so it would have been one hundred and thirty with everything. Remember, Alistair, uh, just positive. 
Yeah, yeah, stay positive, right? Stay positive. <laughs> so here, here's so the thought. So basically, it, it's the same price as a 911 Carrera S. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is another idea. <laughs> and another anyway, conversation right. and another podcast. Okay, so speaking of 911s, how is your 911, Alistair? What year's your car? So mine's a ninety-seven. So it's a nine-nine-three. It's the last of the last of the air cooled. I like those. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lovely, lovely thing. I had one in the UK. Then when sold it, when I had to come here, when I came here, and then actually ended up buying. I thought about tried loads of things, thought about everything, and then ended up buying pretty much the same car. They're just they're just a lovely thing because you can drive them every day. You can do pretty, you know, you can I do take it shopping and things like that. But at the same time, it looks fabulous. It feels special. And I was actually reading, we talk about rivals, but I was reading the original road test on car and driver the other day. And you realize like how much things have moved on. This thing has the same wheelbase as a Miata, but actually <laughs> there's, there's like four seats inside and it's tiny. And 911s now have got so big. And what I love about it is, you know, you drive it at 30 miles an hour and it feels special. And a lot of the time on the road, that's what you need. And I don't want to... I don't want to kind of massively modify it. I think there's a couple of things I'd like to do. I'm going to try and protect the paintwork, uh, but also maybe put a slightly noisier exhaust on it because that air-cooled motor just sounds so good. So maybe upgrade the suspension. Bilstein, Porsche have some new shocks for it. Like to do the exhaust. And then also in time do Porsche brought out a classic radio, which does CarPlay, uh, which would be yeah. great as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, uh, the, the exhaust probably the first on the first on the list. I'm with you on that with the exhaust, but the thing about exhaust is is it's a very particular thing. So anybody that's shopping for exhaust, we've all done this. You just deep dive into YouTube videos and listen to as many different exhaust clips as you can. You'll even try to find five different clips of the same exhaust just in case it's being recorded differently or different distance away, front of the car, rear of the car. Have you found something that you're leaning to right now? Is there is there a particular exhaust that you like? There's a lot of people talking about the, it's called a Fister, F-I-S-T-E-R, strangely, Fister, Fister Stage 2. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to go free flow cats and things like that, you can do that as well. But that seems to be a decent mix of something which doesn't make you, I don't want it too exhausty. Yeah. You know, you also want to kind of hear, hear the end and hear the, you know, the, the, the balance of the sound. Um, but 993s, if you drive early 911s, 993s are very quiet and they're actually pretty, cu- they're, they're, they're comfortable. And, you know, I, this is my, you know, I'm very, very, my very privileged toy, if you like, and I just want to be able to, to hear it a bit more. So I kind of want to preserve the character and the sound, but just turn the volume up a little bit. Right. So, well, and- I mean, Alistair, I've got that 92, and I'm going to use your your uh, situation as a case study. But, you know, the only thing I'd want to do exhaust-wise on the 92 is accentuate the sound that's already there, just magnify it. Yeah, I think, I think this might do it. So uh, let's look into that exhaust. Maybe we'll pull some clips or something of that at some point, and then uh, and then you guys out there in the in, in the world that are listening to it, if you have that Fister exhaust, let me know what you guys think about it. Reach out to Alistair as well. He's uh, he's Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and then he changed his Instagram. He's, he's, I succumb to peer pressure. I want to hear it. I come on this show, nobody can say Alistair, so I had to get rid of Alistair completely. And then every time I came on this show, you all laugh at Weavometer. So I'm now Weaver on cars. <laughs> Weaver, Weaver on, on cars. cars. Weaver on yeah. cars. Wait, Weavometer is gone. I loved Weavometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm approximately 1.5 million followers behind Goldberg, so. 
Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we all are. I'm in the negative numbers. All right, so uh, reach out to Alistair. Let him know what you guys think of that exhaust. If anybody out there is running the exhaust, we want to hear your see your see some clips. Uh, tag us on those, um, and uh, you know, let's let's see if we can chat with somebody from this company. Hook hook a brother up. See what it uh, see what it sounds like. Uh, sounds good. I mean, there's there's such a big market for that whole air cooled thing, and you know, particularly here around Southern California. And yeah, I, mean, you, I think Bill's absolutely right. You don't want to kind of go crazy with these things, but what you want to do is just you know, and technology moves on, and and that's the interesting thing about some of the suspension stuff. You put it on modern tires. And suddenly the suspension, the original suspension doesn't really work anymore because, you know, the tires have changed and Mm -hmm. modern road conditions. So it's about preserving the character of the car, but then just kind of iterating a bit. It's funny. I've been uh, this past week, I've been driving a Chevy Bolt with a B, the Chevy Bolt, the electric car. And I got in there. It's like, yeah, it's kind of small and and, you know, it's it's not super sexy. And then I it just felt like a big golf cart to me. And then. You know, three days into it, four days into it, five days into it, I was like, I'm kind of liking it more and more. It's a great little car. It's a look. It's a it's a commuter car, and it's a it's great to zip around town in. And it definitely fits in parking spots that you can't normally fit in. It's uh, it's quiet, uh, which and the power's not bad and the range seemed fine i wasn't getting like range anxiety and i started having more fun with it throughout the week uh and then i i started thinking hey you know what i will mention this car and i will say this is a pretty cool electric car to get i think it's a great commuter around town car uh and it does things well. And by the way, it has the gauges in the right location. It's not wonky with stuff in the middle and the center stack and the whatever. Like it feels like a car. And, uh, you know, not a, a lot of features on the inside. And the seats are very flat. And I get they're probably spending more money on the electric drivetrain than they are on all the fancy features. But, you know, the car play worked. The gauges were fine. The touchscreen was fine. Everything was fine. Um, but, yes, but then to your point, after spending a week in that car – I go from that directly into my M3. I fire it up. Superchargers whistling. Blow off valve is blowing off on the freeway, and uh, the exhaust is, and the Magnaflow exhaust is making all kinds of noise. I'm like, yeah, I I think I'm over the bolt. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was, it was fine. It like I was starting to like it, but then I was like, it's it's fine. It can go back now. It's good. Which is funny because the next press car is uh is the Volvo V90 wagon. I'm getting the Volvo oh, wagon. Oh, that's a nice thing. Yeah. That's a lovely I, thing. And I'm excited about driving the wagon, but uh, I'm driving the M3 for a few days. Then I'll get the Volvo wagon, and then Galpin's going to finish up on the truck, and I'm going to get that back with its next phase of of stuff uh, done to it. So I'm going to be going back, and that truck's loud. That's got the full Magnaflow exhaust. That's got inch and three-quarter headers on it, right, in anticipation of the new engine. Um, so there's some cool stuff there, uh, as, as well, but, uh, all right, let's talk Ford F-150. This is, this is a big thing. I watched the debut. They did a great job. Uh, they got Dennis Leary, uh, in there, uh, yapping about, uh, F-150. So I thought he was good. He did fine. He was, he was a good host. Um, 
some pretty cool stuff. And in the world of F-150, uh, there is six engine options, as you would expect. There are 11 grill, front grill options, uh, as as you would expect, uh, something along the lines of that. Um, the uh, uh, Just an overview. We can get details from you, Alistair. But um, a few features that I thought were interesting. Uh, one is... The hybrid version. The hybrid version, it's got, uh, I believe it's the 3.5 liter EcoBoost turbo paired up yeah. with electric motors and the battery. I don't know where the motors are, transmission, front, rear. I don't know how it works. Maybe Alistair does know. But it's a combined range of gas and electric for with up to 700 miles on one tank of fuel, which is fantastic. The other thing is, is that uh, that battery gives you onboard power to basically replace a generator that you would use on the job site. I think the F-150 also has this ability, but not as much voltage or not as much longevity on the power. Uh, Alistair, you can correct me on that. uh, Not as much current. Not as much much power, not as much current. Um, What's cool about it is, is there are several... Normal outlets, let's call them 110 outlet, 120 outlets. Uh, but there's also, because of that onboard battery, there's a 240 plug on there. You can go to the track and bring a welder with you and basically do chassis repairs and stuff like that if you need to. Or you can go on site and you can run significant equipment. This isn't like the 110 power outlet in that a lot of cars and you plug in anything more than a radar detector, it's going to pop. It's like it. this actually produces some power. And if you want to charge your gear while you're going to the job, uh, uh, job site, you can plug the stuff in, charge up the batteries of your power tools as you're driving. It doesn't need to be stationary to do it. So those were cool features. And then the last one I'll mention real quick uh, is I like the idea of uh, they, they, they polled their audience and said, hey, do you want a column shifter or center console? And everyone's like, I want the center console. Column's too old school. And they said, great. So they came up with the center console shifter, which they've had for a while. That folds flat when you're parked, completely flat. And then the armrest folds down another, you know, like it'll unfold twice and becomes a platform. You can write on it. You can put a laptop on it. You can get your lunch on it. Now it's kind of like a business class or first class seat on a plane. I thought that was a pretty cool kind of ingenious uh, uh, little feature on it. And and the, the tailgate has some things where you can hook up some C-clamps. It's got a built-in uh, a ruler basically on there uh, so you can measure stuff. My, my first thought was that ruler is basically – embossed into the plastic bed liner and uh my first test for you alistair when you get one of these f-150s is check the goddamn accuracy of that ruler i just feel like the way it's stamped into the to the uh into the uh the bed liner in the back the plastic bed liner, it's like what are the chances uh it's going to be accurate you know like and by the way if you go and get yourself a tape measure if you buy tape measures, let's just say from three different countries of origin, I, I think you're going to find they're not all accurate. So when you step up to like the good brand name, you know, the snap on tape measure, it's going to be more accurate than, let's say, the Harbor Freight one. I don't want to pick on Harbor Freight, but let's pick on Harbor Freight. 
<laughs> I, I literally have my Stanley tape measure right here. Yeah, there, there you go, <laughs> right there. Um, anyway, some this cool features of the uh, of the. <laughs> there you go. You got a foot. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Is it a foot and a 12. half? Twelve. Well, it's thirteen inches. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, all right. That's my intro to F-150. Bill, have you seen any of the photos pop up of F-150, some of the features, the fold-down yeah, seats? Yeah, I, I, I know what they're doing. You know, um, obviously, these days, you're catering to a different segment, uh, the more doodads and things that uh, you have the ability to plug into your vehicle, the more appetizing it is to the public now. So I get what they're doing. I think I think the lay-down uh, desk thing is, yeah. kind of, is really cool actually yeah. um i'd use it a lot but i would um you know uh, it, it, like you said it's a really strange time to be debuting vehicles but with what they've done and the success they've had on this vehicle in the past and the changes that they've made to it, it's not like they're really debuting a new vehicle they're just debuting an enhanced vehicle that's proven to sell the hell out of a lot of trucks so um i think it's cool uh, i'm still a dodge guy yeah, right on. Alistair, what's your take on the F-150? What do you think when you yeah, say Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. A bit. Bill's talking about, you know, the Ram really moved the game on, particularly in the interior. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's been kind of Edmund's top, top-rated truck. It's won our awards for the last couple of years. And that was a real step ahead, uh, both with the rear suspension. And Ford hasn't gone... Ford, Ford hasn't gone with the more sophisticated rear, rear suspension. It's still um, a leaf, leaf spring. spring in the back. And, yeah, and, so and Ram has coil springs in the back. Yeah, exactly. And that was maybe that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, but so, so that's one question mark we'd, we'd have against it. But certainly inside, they've really you know Ram lifted the game with the the big screen. And what they were finding, I think, when Ram originally brought that out, they had this big sort of vertical like like an iPad in your dash. And I think they initially expected take up to be pretty small. And actually, they suddenly realized that everybody was wanting one of these. Everybody was buying them. So Ford's really, really carried on. But actually, I think it's better that their big screen is is horizontal, not vertical. It makes it better for things like CarPlay if you're using that. Mm-hmm. And just that attention to details, great. We talked about the power sources, the little fold-out table. I love the fact that you can have an option where the seats will recline almost 180 degrees like they do on a business class seat on an old plane. So you can... You know, if you need to sleep overnight, you're traveling cross country or something like that. That's great. And, you know, the, the thought that's gone into these trucks now compared to where we were, say, 10 years ago is, is huge. They're much yeah. more of a kind of lifestyle choice. But, I mean, they're getting expensive. I mean, you can, you can probably spend eighty, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 if you really in a heartbeat. all in. Yeah. yeah. So, in but- a heartbeat. And I'm curious to see the segment, you know, what they've done with the Raptor. And the rumors are that they're, they're trashing the, the V6 Turbo and they're going back to the V8. And now Dodge is coming out September, October, supposedly, with the TRX, finally. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen in that segment. Obviously, I'm curious to see what my TRX is going to look like. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's amazing what they've done over the last couple of years with the Dodge trucks. I think. The other thing, Andrew, mate, you're talking about the hybrid, and you're quite right about, like, the power tools and everything else. But if you're towing then actually having a hybrid powertrain, that instantaneous torque, that's going to be huge for people who are huge. towing regularly. Do you know how the hybrid powertrain is working on that? Is it all-wheel drive? Is it rear-wheel drive? Are there electric motors? There's like an electric motor on the transmission, like a, I don't like a LaFerrari or whoever's doing it. Is it McLaren? P1? There's, a, there's a little bit of stuff to come. I mean, basically... I mean, it's down three. It's a three and a half liter V six. Just got some of the facts in front of me, Matt. Uh, three and a half liter V six, 
47 horsepower electric motor. So Ram has like a mild hybrid system, but this is this is a proper hybrid, you know, like you find in a in a in a Prius or something. And what they're tuning it for is yes, it'll have it should be interesting how the economy runs runs out and how the the range. I mean, 700 miles for you know if you're going long distance and your truck would be fantastic. Be interesting to see how it tows because it should be a big bonus for that. They say twelve thousand um, pounds. That's a that's a solid number. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite a thing. Let me let me ask you. I got two questions. You mentioned Raptor and TRX. I got a question about that. And um, but on the F one fifty, I posted some stuff on social media, and uh, the guys on Instagram and Facebook they all brought up some interesting points. Some people are decisions are made, right? You're 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 a Ford guy. You're not a Ford guy. You like them. You don't like them. Whether you even see the truck in person, there's a lot of decisions that are already made. Um, and part of it is fun. Part of it's banter, and it's all good. But. Where are we with technology today and the quality of technology? Because when you start looking at like the power outlets and the fold-down seats and the wireless car play and, and you know, uh, the, the, the seats that are turned into beds in the front and, the, you know, the, and all this movement is – are we – are we at a point where all of that stuff is expected to work for a while, or are we still at a point of going, "Hey, uh, you know, putting fifteen electric motors into into the front seat maybe is not the smartest idea because now we've got fifteen more things that can potentially break." I know that's sort of the go-to comment for a lot of people, but uh, you know, and not to pick on other car companies, but this isn't, you know, a 22 year old Jaguar, right? Like this is where you expect some of those things to happen, right? This isn't the, uh, uh, the infotainment system in, in, in one of those cars, you know, this is, you know, we've had discussions on infotainment as well. It's like, why do these car companies still trying to spend a hundred million dollars developing their own system when it makes more sense to just try to partner with somebody who's doing it and doing it for multiple car companies. Um, I think the biggest, probably the biggest feature, uh, for the F one fifty, believe it or not, is over the air updates, you know, being able to to tweak the software and stuff and not even go into the dealer is probably a huge uh, leg up for Ford and the reliability of that vehicle. But, uh, you know, if you tell somebody, hey, um, I, I'm going to buy a truck and it's a work truck and I do keep those trucks five, six, seven years. I, I You know, you don't lease them. You buy them. You keep them for a while. Do you get full laid down power seats with with a million motors in it, or do you tell them not to get that stuff? It, it's a tough call. The other one I think everybody's talking about is the gear stick that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks great when it's brand new, but the, on the on that day when it's minus twenty outside and you're trying to <laughs> the damn thing doesn't go up, what's the what's the redundancy on it? It's it's very. I had an interesting conversation with Ford's EV engineers who are developing the Ford electric car. I don't know say its name, um, the Mustang. But they uh, and they were saying, I said, well, what is the redundancy on this stuff, particularly the over air updates? Yeah. At what point does at what point do you kind of turn it off? And they said they've got a they have a responsibility to always protect the safety kit. So to always update things like blind spot monitoring and make sure that that is uh, that is robust. On the on the technology side, it's a bit like an iPhone. So if you've still got an iPhone five, 
you can't run the latest iOS. And Apple will still allow you to have a version of an iOS, but it's not like you can keep updating because sooner or later the, the processor and the RAM and all the rest of it just runs out of ability to run the latest systems. But you're right; these things are so electronic now. In you know, in ten years' time, and these you know, people buy these trucks and keep them for a decade or more. Or people buy them. You know, there's a huge market for for older trucks for different purposes. So it's it's a challenge, most definitely. And on the topic of of Raptor, uh, you know, Raptor's been successful. I think it's been. You can answer this question. I think it's been successful with sales but also successful as a halo truck for that brand. I mean, you've got the best-selling vehicle in the world, arguably, the F-150. I don't know where we are with, like, I don't know, Camry or something, but, you know, the F-150. America's the world, isn't it, really? Yeah, right? <laughs> is uh, the best-selling vehicle in, in, in America. Uh, does does Dodge create something like the TRX with a crazy motor uh, to be a halo vehicle and get us talking about it again? Or... Is it because they they will make money? They will sell ten or twenty thousand a year. Like, is this is this a financial gain or is this a, 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 a press gain? Not that there's anything wrong with having the Halo vehicle as a, as a press vehicle. Like, I get that, right? You 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 want people talking about the brand and going, "Hey, Raptors are badass." Not everybody wants a Raptor, but in the media, we love talking about the Raptor, and hopefully that trickles down to a bunch of F one fifty sales. You know, what's your thought on on that Raptor TRX? Is is the Silverado going to end up doing something as like they have their off road? I don't know Z seventy one and whatever. Are they going to end up doing their thing? Chevy's in a Chevy's the interesting one right now because the Silverado was in many ways, particularly the interior, a bit of a disappointment when it came out a couple of years ago. And we did a, a, a triple test, and actually the Silverado came third behind the F-150, which was older. And that truck now looks dated next to the Ram, particularly the new F-150. So you've got to think Chevy has got to do something just to breathe some life into in, into Silver into Silverado. Um, a lot of these vehicles, I know I remember I, I shot a documentary in my old life on the development of the Ford Focus RS. And they were adamant that they had to have a proper business model behind this car, that car, that the days when you could just do these as a kind of marketing thing were, were, were over, really. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was a, a marketing value to it, but it still needed to kind of stand up, which is why they did the RS, but they never did the um, RS500 version, yeah. which would have, been, would have been incredible. But they just couldn't make the business case. So, yeah, people have, you know, as, as budgets have got tighter and who knows what impact COVID you know, all these brands have been losing billions. Yeah. Some of these more kind of, you know, so some of these nice to have projects, they're going to get canned. And, and that's going to be a shame. I, I'm curious how the car companies plan to roll out some of these because you have to get back to business. You have to make money. And and you're right. There's the issues of can they build them? There's a safety issue in the manufacturing plants. And then do you go and buy them? There's a safety issue at the dealers. And then there's the uh, do people have money to to buy them? Like especially that you know the average person that would get a work truck or something like that or or whatever. We're not talking about the Ferrari dealership. I don't know that they're hurting. Although McLaren is, nobody's buying McLarens right now. <laughs> But uh, it's it's weird how some of these are affected and some of them aren't. But by and large, the automotive industry is taking a big hit financially. It, it, to be honest, mate, it's a really funny 
market right now and our website traffic is a real barometer of the industry because ultimately we're talking to people buying vehicles and our traffic is absolutely flying we're actually above where we would have predicted to be without covid without covid some of that is we're probably doing a better job but some of that is also pent-up demand and one of the big problems right now in the in the market i mean everybody's oh great there's loads of deals well there was for a short time but now there's big big uh, supply and demand issues they haven't been able to ramp up production fast enough and i was talking to some toyota executives they were they were really worried about what they call a hockey stick recovery where it goes along flat and then suddenly it takes off because they knew that they just couldn't build vehicles fast enough uh, and certain vehicles popular vehicles are running out of inventory so the demand is there that they can't satisfy and that's a that's a big problem so it's it's such a funny market there's a lot of even if the big brands can get their plants going again, there's big problems with suppliers who don't have the financial firepower to put all those kind of steps that you need in, in, in place. And yet at the same time, there appears to be really strong demand in the market. We can see that from our site. People are spending more time on our site. They're submitting more leads to dealers, things like that. So there's a market there. It's can you satisfy it? Can you satisfy it at the, the right price point and, and everything else? So it's, it's a really strange time. But any fear that, that you would have like a 2008, 2009 situation where the market would just crash completely, there does seem to be demand out there. The funny thing is, and I'll, I'll footnote your, com- your comments by saying that I just left a local Dodge dealership and they had a record May yeah. for, for new, new cars. Hmm. And the problem now is supply and demand. These dealers do not, cannot get the inventory to sell because people for whatever reason during the pandemic, whether it's sitting at home, you know, being bored, uh, uh, getting on the internet, you know, just looking at used cars or coming in, you know, when there's nobody in the dealership and getting these great deals. It's amazing to me that these local dealerships are doing so well. Yeah. I mean, our, our traffic initially dropped off about 40%. So, you know, we're suddenly staring at that and that, you know, it was a massive impact on us clearly. And then suddenly it's, suddenly it's recovered. It's, um, but everybody's, you know, there's marketing, but how do you market a product that doesn't exist because you can't build it fast enough? You know, there's, yeah. there's all sorts of fears as the new waves come through. I mean, mini plant in the UK, suddenly 15 people got the virus. And then it's like, do we shut it down? Do we not? There's, you know, as you know, big problems in California, big problems across a lot of the southern states at the moment, like where, where Bill is. So, yeah, it's it's. And then there's all the knock-on effect as people start, you know, unfortunately, more people are probably going to lose their jobs and things like that. So how will that impact the market? I think the next 18 months are going to be tricky um, for everyone. You know, you'd mentioned we're we're talking about finances and major manufacturers. Uh, I I read a little uh, note about McLaren and they got bailed out. What do you know about that situation? Well, most of uh, most of McLaren is owned by a Bahrainian sort of sovereign fund, and in the end, they went to the Bahrainian bank, which is also basically pretty much owned by the same people in Agadir, <laughs> but pretty much. Uh, I'm sure not technically. Uh, so they they got they got bailed out, but it's a fascinating it's a fascinating case because they were trying to raise finance off the back of their factory the mclaren technical technology center which is incredible and yeah they were going to leverage the factory leverage their car collection leverage everything is collateral but but the people who they'd already raised finance a few years ago and the people that raised finance then basically put their hand up and said hang on a minute we have the classic car collection in the factory so you can't basically mortgage something twice 
And so they're off to the, the high court in the UK to basically define whether, because the people who had the, the debt originally were now saying, well, our collateral is not, our, our not worth anything. Um, oh, so, I mean, it's a complete, I'm sure the lawyers are loving it. It's, it's a complete mess. And I'm a big McLaren fan. I, you know, I enjoy the road, the road cars and I'm, I mean, I'm really excited about Formula One coming back this weekend and it's, it's tough to see. I mean, they'll lose, they've laid off 1200 people. Uh, most of that's in automotive, only about 75 in Formula One. So it's tough, tough times. And I, I mean, I remember when they set up, I was approached, I was in the UK and I chatted to a couple of hedge funds who just came to me for, you know, for a bit of kind of expert advice and about whether they should invest. And it's such a tough game, supercars, mm-hmm. such a tough game, all the technology, the market. And even if you can afford one, you know, can, do you want to be, you know, can you be seen driving? That There's so many factors at play. And we've seen it with Aston Martin as well, getting themselves into a right mess. And the DBX launch has just been delayed by a couple of weeks because the electronics aren't quite right. And there's, it's such a tough world. Cars are so expensive. And there's there's no room to to mess it up, right? And, uh, you know, again, to loop back on Ford, uh, Ford admits that they sort of flubbed the Explorer launch and arguably the Aviator launch, and they don't want to make the mistake with with F-150. They don't want to make a mistake with Bronco. Uh, everything is super important. And you, you can't have a car that comes out and you got to recall all of them for fuel pumps or whatever. Like, manufacturers can't do that. So... Uh, to your point, yes, you know, Aston Martin's going to roll out their first SUV. It's got to be pretty good, you know. It's, it, it, you know, it's it's got to work, and I and, and I expect it to, and I expect it to be impressive. But they really need to make sure it happens in the right way. Um, I don't know how much it costs to buy ad time at you know in, in this day and age, mm-hmm. but you know, why didn't the major manufacturer buy a thirty second ad? Right. And, and and advertise the launch, drive everybody to a website, you know, on a certain time, a certain day. Yeah, it seems to be money well spent in this this circumstance. You know? Yeah, I think they're seeing some of that on online ads being spent some online. And of course, yeah, but do it on TV to drive people online. Yeah, I, I don't addition. I don't disagree with that. It's like they've always relied on doing the debut events and having the media there and having the media run with it. So it doesn't feel like they're controlling the narrative. The media gets to say, Hey, we like this thing. This is going to be cool. Or we don't like this or whatever. But, uh, I, I've got no problem with, uh, with, with Ford running a commercial going, Hey, Bronco launch is going to be streamed online on YouTube. Uh, why not? You know, hey, instead of 30,000 people watching that video for the launch, why don't 3 million people watch that video for the launch? Yeah, 30 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I, I saw that. I watched that same YouTube live show. There's about 30,000 people watching. Yeah. Which I was surprised it was as low as that. I, I, I thought they might be just, I don't know what their expectation was. But I thought that I thought they might have expected more than that. You know, but to Bill's point, I asked several people, I go, hey, let's talk about F-150. Did you guys watch the launch? They all said, I didn't even know there was one. Exactly. Yeah. They like nobody knows all forms of media. Yeah. During this time, I, I think that's the smartest way to advertise. And, and I'm not just talking about people that would be interested in the truck. I'm talking about like other other podcast hosts and stuff. They didn't they didn't know that launch was happening. You know, they're just, I don't put know, something just up, list or put something up as original as humanly possible on a 30 mm-hmm. second ad to draw attention to, to a destination period. It's it, 
the, the way marketing is these days, that's a very simple task. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, a final word on F one hundred and fifty before we move on to other topics. Uh, Alistair, your thoughts on F one hundred and fifty? Are you in? Are you not in? Do you think it's going to be huge for Ford? Do you think the upgrade's too mild? Do you, like, what's your overall? You haven't driven it yet, I don't think. But uh, no. uh, uh, you know, you have some information that uh, the rest of us don't have, but we did see the presentation. What are your thoughts? Is this going to leapfrog the current RAM model, or or do you think it's just bringing it up to equal playing ground? I, I think everything they've done is sensible, um, and I think you know it, it is kind of where the criticisms of the old vehicle were, particularly the interior starting to feel really dated. So I think there's nothing on there that you'd think was um, you know was it was a bad call. It'd be interesting to see how it drives. You mentioned the rear suspension. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think that, you know, Ram versus F-150, um, we'll throw the Silverado in there, will be, be a great test for us at the end of the year. I think the last one we did has got about 2 million views, and this one I'm sure will do the same. Um, the big, you know, the big one, as I mentioned, Silverado now feels like an old product. Um, so GM's got a big job on their hands there. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks good. The interior looks terrific. There's some really clever details, hybrid yeah, I'm sure it's going to be expensive, but that brings you know some new toys to the party, and is a bit of a unique selling point for Ford. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Also excited about Bronco. It's a, it's a big year for Ford. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, let's introduce our friends Bronco at McGuire's. Looks good, by the way, the Bronco is that what you said? I've seen it. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, I can't say right. anything because it's like Swan and Six. So it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we might talk about it. we might not talk about it we'll find out it's gonna uh, happen it's more, more, more. well we, we know this is it's gonna happen in july and uh and that's good timing for us so let's schedule for you to come back on the show right around uh or you know after bronco launch and uh, get your thoughts on it as well again they oftentimes send out information to you to me whatever that we can't talk about yet they're just kind of getting us primed for the conversation and we're embargoed on saying stuff but uh uh, I want to welcome Meguiar's uh, uh, new sponsor to CarCast. You know, CarWaxes, they've come a long way. Last year, Meguiar's has introduced their hybrid ceramic spray wax. It's advanced uh, SiO2 hybrid technology. It delivers ceramic wax protection and durability. There's really no rubbing or curing or buffing. It provides an extreme water beating action, which is fantastic. And this year, Meguiar's has launched their liquid version. It seals the paint for long-lasting protection against the elements. It's easy to use and applies like a tra- traditional wax. Also, they have a hybrid ceramic spray dealer uh, detailer you guys should check out. This removes contaminants like dust and fingerprints and bird droppings, and, and uh, it helps to boost the gloss and enhances the protection. It's a really cool uh, spray deal- detailer in between the, the major detailing that you want to do on your car. So check it out. It's uh, it's Ceramic Made Easy by Meguiar's, and uh, Meguiar's can be found pretty much everywhere, every store, every local auto parts store and online and whatever. So check them out. Thanks, Meguiar's. Uh, I want to ask you about the C8 Corvette, and it, I don't know why. Maybe it's just my feeling on this, but... Uh, uh, it feels like this car is old already, and we don't have any real information. It's like you know, there's a few on the streets, and some people are developing exhaust kits and and doing stuff. But it it just felt like it, you know it was the hottest thing in the world, and now all the fanfare is dead on it. And I realize it's because it debuted, and then production delays, and COVID, and this and that, and here we are. 
you know, I don't know. It feels like it was a year ago, maybe ten months ago when it when it debuted. When did we go to like the hangar down in Orange County? You know, the big hangars down there and and did the debut. It was sep- September. Yeah, maybe it was September. Maybe not quite a year. Maybe we're nine months into it. I drove it in. I drove it in November last year. I think just just before our award stuff, before Film House Award stuff. I think it was like end of October, beginning of November that I drove it. Okay, so time. now, do we have any real test information on this car yet? Have, have Have you been able to put it on your track? Do we know what this thing is doing? Well, actually, the one that we're buying is imminent. It's been built in mid July, um, so I'm actually hoping to go down in Kentucky and, and film it being built. We're just it's just a little bit dicey at the moment with the whole you know, situ- you know situation we find ourselves in flying down to Nashville and stuff. So. We're just looking looking into that. But, yeah, we, we should have ours at the end of July. I mean, this car was supposed to be built last December, and we were expecting to get it in January. But but then you had first you had the UAW strike, which delayed production. Mm-hmm. Then then uh, that had pretty much been sorted out when, when COVID hit. So our our car is literally seven or eight months late. It's, 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 it feels weird because we're seeing them – we're, you know, we're seeing like the YouTubers, we're seeing the videos of, you know, we're seeing companies going, hey, we got one on the dyno. And then, you know, we've got one, uh, you know, we're developing an exhaust kit and Speedcore's doing all these carbon fiber pieces Everything for it. seems old after Hennessy does their thing to it. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. That's when it seems to be, okay, it's our, it's been out here long enough to where, okay, well, what's next? Well, it yeah. seems like everybody's doing all this aftermarket stuff on a car that doesn't exist and, and we don't even have the testing yeah we haven't even we haven't heard like the test numbers like i want alistair to come in and go hey everything that chevy's been barking about this car is dead on this car is fast and it handles great and it's comfortable and there are a lot of buttons on the interior or it turns out all the buttons make sense like who nobody knows i feel like we should know (laughs) hurry up if anything the only thing we know is what they 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 manufacture they sold 2500 is that correct? And the only thing that we really do know is that it's going to be a, a car worth a little bit of money because of the low production numbers in the first year of the car. Yeah, the only thing I know about it, basically. It's it's a danger. I remember like there was a bit like the same with the Honda or the Acura NSX that they. I think there was like a five year lag between them showing the car at the Detroit show and it actually going on sale. And by the time it went on sale, you're a bit like, eh, seen that. Yeah. Well, you know, it feels and it, and it just psychologically feels a bit old. And, and actually, a, a C8 passed me near home the other day, and I looked at it and thought it was an engine Corvette. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about was, those. Yeah. yeah. I, it, that's the thing is it feels like it's a huge flop. It's not. It's just not out there yet, but it just feels like it came out. We were all excited about it. And and now we don't see on the, any on the road. And a few people are modifying the ones that are out there. And so, like, the only ones that exist feel like they're just, like, on YouTube and, and you know, and a handful of people. Look, the ri- unicorn. Yeah. Like, look, Richard Waitis at Magnaflow, they've had one in there. They're developing all the exhaust kits and doing the thermal testing and all the sound and, and all that crazy stuff. And it looks fantastic. But that full exhaust kit's going to be out long before the car. 
<laughs> right? I don't know how – like as soon as uh, Alistair gets his, they're going to take it to the test track. Edmonds is going to run numbers on it. And then you guys should start modifying it because there's going to be more parts available than there will be uh, vehicles. You know, like it's very likely that whatever the next version, the Z06 or ZR1 version, is probably going to come out around the same time as the delivery of the of the normal C8. Yeah, Z06, we're getting a lot of spy pictures. That's uh, you know, that's well on its way. I think ZR1 will be, be behind it, but yeah, Z06 is definitely on its way. Do do they end yeah, up? They, are, Sorry, Matt. I was going to say, are are would they? Is there a move for them to go, hey, Z06 was going to debut it this year and be on the lots in January, but they're saying, I don't know, maybe they should push to August 21 just so they don't cut into sales of and deliveries of the C8? Of just the yeah, maybe. Uh, and I think Ford's actually done a good job of, of not launching the Bronco because, you know, they delayed that launch. Yeah, but we've been waiting for and that for 10 years, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a danger in, in unveiling something then saying, oh, it's not going on sale for, um, you know, for another year and a half or whatever it is. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I get there's, you know, COVID and whatever, and there's some rules. Uh, there are some things that change the rules on us. So there's not a lot we can we can do there for that. But um, anyway, it's just kind of it's kind of interesting. And yeah, we we. You know, we're excited about hearing you talk about uh, the Edmund C8 when it comes in. And uh, uh, oh, what I color is you guys? I get? think the la- I think the launch of the Z06 gives them another opportunity for a first launch. Maybe I mean that, yeah. that's another way to look at it. You're right. It's it's a re-release. Like arguably, the C8 launch at the, last year was a soft opening, and now we've got the grand opening yeah. coming up. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't even bothered reaching out to GM to say, "Hey, can we get one to test?" Because I, I, I don't even, I don't want to be a pest about it and go like, "Hey, man, we've been talking about the C8 for for ten months now. Maybe we should start driving one." You know, so I'm sure everybody on the planet's asking for that. So it'll just happen when it happens. But you know, yeah, we'd love to get some seat time in it, and it's going to end up being one of these things where I don't know, someone gets one before. We even get a press fleet, and we'll end up driving one of those just to come back here and offer an opinion on it. You know, it's very likely, Alistair, you'll get uh, the Edmonds uh, C8 before the press fleet in LA gets C8. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess that's what's good about you guys. You guys get the orders in and spend money that we don't have to spend over here. Um, let me. Uh, I want to uh, just touch on a couple of the uh, videos and stuff you have coming out soon. I want to plug some of that stuff before we run out of time. Just a reminder from our friends at Dodge, summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. And the math is simple. You've heard us talk about it for, before. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your Dodge vehicle. So every 2020 Challenger, every 2020 Durango, 2020 Charger, they're all, they all offer power dollars. You get the most out of your horsepower this summer with $10 off for each horsepower. That means you can go into the dealer, you can uh, enjoy the sweet sounds of your new Charger SRT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and get 4850 bucks off. Uh, and this summer, Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango. This wasn't available before for a while, but now we're back. 
So when you're behind the wheel of a Dodge Durango, you're behind the wheel of a performance-driven SUV. And whether you're rolling around with your friends or family, you'll be able to fit everyone because Durango's got seven passenger seating capacity. So we love that. So get more power. Get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Uh, Bill, did you uh, did you ask them if the Power Dollars was available on the TRX that you're, TRX? Uh, yeah, you're advanced ordering. <laughs> I will tomorrow. Yeah, you should go back when and I ask pick up the, when I hey, I'm finally picking up the Ram, the uh, the '99. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this thing, I don't even want to get. I'm not even going to get into. We, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. save it for the next well, one. We'll get into more projects. Let's just say that the 392 in the in the '99 Ram is finally coming home. Two and a half years after I nice. sent it out. So. All right. Well, listen, I've got a Mustang on a lift for four years. So, uh, yes, I understand. Oh, I, I, I went in, to, I, I went in and I worked on it this weekend. I was working on those supercharger brackets. Uh, uh, so I did go in there and, uh, get some work done. I felt good about it. You know, mostly I stood there and scratched Perfect my head and, and walked around looking for tools that I couldn't find, but I did get some stuff done. Uh, Alistair, uh, uh, give us a heads up of what's going on over at Edmonds. I, I know you guys did something with a new Mini. Uh, was it the GP? I always like the GP. Yeah, I, I just we're doing. We've got a test coming up for the GP. Actually, presenting that one my, myself. Um, yeah, sort of spoiler alert. It's not that good. We had it down the track, and they, it's just one of those, you know, where they just turn the power up so much that the front disc struggling. It's an interesting test because it's really fast in a straight line, and we put it. We did all the numbers on it. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the way it goes around corners. Uh, but, um, but yeah, that's coming up. Uh, we just launched the film on the F-150, if you want to know more about that. Uh, Bronco, we've already had a bit of access to that. We're waiting for that, to, that, that launch to happen because, you know, they delayed it because it was, they originally were going to launch it on O.J. Simpson's birthday. What a, what a <laughs> so terrible coincidence, right? Like, I, you just, I, like, sometimes you just worry about, like, the press office when they just send me, send me, send me tweets down they're like, you got to, yeah. Yeah. But um that's coming that's coming out. Excited about that. Uh we've got a yeah, we've got a ton of stuff. I mean we're back filming, we're back testing, you know, admittedly in trickier conditions, but yeah, we're fully we're we're fully on it. All right. So uh remind everybody we're going to edmunds.com slash road noise. That's the basically the feed for all the new stuff, all the great videos and stuff out there, and of course all the research as you're shopping around. Uh uh, you go to Edmonds.com uh, as well. So um, I'm trying to think if there was anything that we wanted to touch on that we were, we're running out of time now. But uh, is there anything that we needed to get to? Uh, not from my perspective. It's nice chatting to you guys again. All right. Well, and, and also the uh, the biggest uh, news in the car world is... Of course, the new Instagram handle for uh, for for uh, for Alistair. It's Weaver on Cars. He's no longer Weavometer. Get rid of that. Forget you even heard it. Weaver on Cars is his new Instagram handle, and Alistair Weaver on Twitter. And of course, you can find uh, Goldberg and I, uh, moderator on all the social media as well. Weaver on Cars on Instagram. <laughs> Follow him, or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> there you go. That's a lovely sentiment. From I love you, Alistair. <laughs> it's a lovely uh, sentiment from Bill. 
<laughs> um, follow follow this splendid chap Goldberg on Instagram <laughs> at all time. <laughs> Love you guys. We Always made it through the entire show without making Alistair say a Mach E. He said electric <laughs> Mustang just so I he have. wouldn't have to say Mach E or Mach One. You're losing. You're losing <laughs> your. Uh, you're losing your. Um, your uh, your timing, Matt, yes. because right. I um, thought you would have tricked him into it. I know. All right, so this is what we've got coming up soon. I'll give you a little teaser on this. Is uh, We're going to get into some of the projects we've got going on. Uh, in July, mid-July, after the Bronco debut, we'll have Alistair back on. He's got a lot of inside track, far, hopefully more than what you're even going to see in the debut on Bronco. He said he's seen it. He loves it. And uh, cosmetically, at least, and we'll get more details on that. And then also, uh, our buddy Dave from Speedcore uh, will be joining us, I think, in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, I want to talk about, we mentioned C8. They're developing a bunch of carbon stuff for the C8. We mentioned their partnership with Classic Restorations and the full Carbon Fiber 67 Mustang that they're doing. We've got some cool stuff to talk about with him. It's always fun chatting with those guys. I know, Bill, you got a car going to them when when Gearheads is done with the Charger. It's going back over to them. We'll touch a little bit on that as well. So a lot of cool stuff coming up in the next few weeks as well. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, thanks you uh, so much for uh, for listening, and uh, let's do it uh, next week. More stuff. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And remember, roll bars in a four door are very practical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> your, your for the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, we always enjoy when Alistair's on the show. And just a reminder from our friends at Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico already saves you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed? Well, that's never going to happen. Saving money can happen now. There's never been a better time. So switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch before or by October 7th. That's the deadline. Go to geico.com to learn more.